What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We're here to talk to you once again about Metal Gear Solid. Uh, we did not quite finish the first disc. Not uh, quite. Uh, we had just gotten past like a torture moment. Yes. So we're in the yeah. jail cell. We're in the cell now. With, with the rotting corpse. The dead DARPA chief. The DARPA chief. Some yep. interesting things Worms about this. Worms and maggots and all yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's decomposing. His body's yeah. decomposing, which suggests he's been dead his clothes quite a long time. are also decomposing, it seems. Yes. Because <laughs> the worms are on his And Snake <laughs> takes notice of the fact that his blood is, like, it's like it's been drawn it out. It seems like he has no blood. Yes. Yep. Important pieces of information there. Um, so after seeing that, he confronts Campbell about what Campbell knew regarding the Metal Gear Rex and the whole project and everything, and its capability to launch uh, a new type of nuclear Nuclears, warhead. Like, yeah. did, you, did you know this, right? Um, Campbell basically mentions that even the president doesn't know about that, and and Snake's response is plausible deniability. Huh? Yes, so, exactly. That's how all of this works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Any, anytime the president claims to not know something, it's like, yeah, well, they didn't want to know so yes. that they wouldn't get in trouble for it. Right. It's annoying. Um, Campbell also explains here that uh, the following day, the president was supposed to be signing the START Three Accord. Yep, yep. So this is was a real thing or was meant to be a real thing. Um, there was two before this. It was all about denuclearization. Yeah, yeah. Um, treaties that were signed and things like that. So... Uh, the Start 3 Accord is supposed to be signed tomorrow, and that's kind of why Liquid and his gang, they're, they're doing this. It, the, the timing of it is really key. Yeah. Because if this information comes out, if it goes public, if this nuclear strike happens right before the Start 3 Accord, it's going to look really, really, really bad for the U.S. No. As they're, they're coming in to sign a treaty about denuclearization, yet they're developing Metal Gear. Like new <laughs> nuclear weapons and right. stuff. And yeah, clearly. Um, Start 3 Accord actually was never signed in real life as well. Oh, really? Mm -mm. Um, quote here from Campbell, We still haven't ratified Start 2 or dealt with the issue of TMDs. This has to do with the president's reputation and America's place as the dominant superpower. That's really what this mission is about. Right, yeah. That's, that's actually what, what they're concerned about. <laughs> So, uh, Snake says, so patriotism is your excuse for circumventing the Constitution? <laughs> and Campbell says, please, Snake, just stop them. And Snake says, why should I? And Campbell says, because you're the only one who can. Perfect. Um, Snake then tells Campbell to tell him more about the new warhead, and Campbell claims not to know anything about it. Uh, Snake does not believe that. Um, and then he asks about, if this is as serious as you're saying it is, why don't you just give in to the demands? Like, right, yes, Just exactly. give them the remains of Big Boss. What is the big deal? It's because that's not all they want. Yeah, or that, yeah, they want him for his DNA, yeah. right? Now, somebody did al also leave. Also, the, the president has been vocal in his opposition to eugenics experiments. So it would be, again, like, the, the president doesn't, the president probably campaigned on some of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, giving away big boss's remains for more eugenics experiments would be something the president would not be happy That about. it wouldn't look very good. Yeah. So we got a comment on, um, I guess, episode two uh, that talked about why it may actually be more important, uh, big boss's DNA is more important than a nuclear bomb. Okay. 
Um, and one of the suggestions given was that um, despite nuclear bombs having been around for 80, 70, 80 years, uh, the terrorists or nobody has ever actually taken one and used it yes. in a negative way. But people have often overthrown entire governments and caused all sorts of problems, like, yeah. like individuals have done this. Um, yeah. Whereas the nuclear thing hasn't really happened. And so if you have big bosses around there, they can actually cause more problems themselves than a nuclear bomb necessarily. That's just a suggestion, but that was the idea. Yeah, the idea being there's never been a successful terrorist nuclear strike. Yes. Despite the technology being yeah. there all these years. The only, yeah, the only strikes that have ever happened were World War II. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but then how many evil people have just murdered millions of people in the time <laughs> since then? You know, sure. it's like, well, yeah. yeah, that does keep happening somehow. Yeah. I think that was Chocolate Rob who said that. <clears throat> Sounds about right. Okay, so at this point, there's no choice any longer but to destroy Metal Gear itself. So there's no more yeah. deactivating it as far as they're concerned because they don't know where the other keys are at. Yep, just break um, it. So since uh, oh, then Campbell tells him to bust out of <laughs> I'd laugh to the, just, just bust out of your cell. <laughs> like, <laughs> go to the communications <laughs> tower, right? <laughs> Bust just out like of break my out. cell. Okay, you got to break out. Like, yeah, yeah. Time to <laughs> easy. Kind of funny. And easy, then he easy. tells him to save Meryl. So there's um, there's kind of a couple. There's three different ways I think that this can go. How you get out of the ah, cell. Ah, okay. Um, one of them is that the guard who's kind of walking around. Mm -hmm. I think his name is Johnny. Um, he'll eventually kind of run, like into the bathroom or something. Be like, oh, yes. he gets sick and he'll run in there. And you yeah. can hide underneath the cot or like the bed in the cell, and he'll come back in and be like, "Oh my gosh, who? Where? Where'd he go? Where did he go?" And he yeah. opens the door and comes in, and you beat him up and leave. Mm. The other one I think is the one that you did. That's where Otacon comes because you can yes. call him on the com. Right? Yeah, you call him up. Yeah, on the codec, and uh, he'll come by to talk to you, and he gives you some items. He gives you. Ketchup, some food, and tuna fish, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like, "Oh, just yeah, like great. you got to take that guy out and give me, uh, open this door for me." He's like, "Are you kidding me? I yeah, can't, I can't do that." Out. Even though he's like invisible, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He refuses to kill, yeah. so he just leaves you with ketchup and tuna, and he leaves. Yeah, and he leaves, and he does not tell you what to do with him. No, but. You figure it out, and uh, you you did this one, right? Where, I did, yeah. yeah. It took me a while. I just didn't know what what to do because yeah. it doesn't say like you can pause and go through your items and catch up, and it's like you, but it doesn't say what's going to happen if you do it. And so yeah. I'm just like, this is dumb. Like this doesn't make sense. And I really thought that it was just like a joke thing, but anyways, <laughs> it, it I ultimately just like pushed in. It. it was like, oh, and he just did it. And so it's like, okay, cool, I guess, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. It was a little bit confusing, but we can talk about that in a minute because, well, Otacon comes back and says, yes. ha ha, that's exactly what I was thinking, or you, you <laughs> thought what I was thinking, or something like that. Yeah. And that, from um, a personal or a maybe a more of a story narrative perspective, is not good. Like, that's really <laughs> bad uh, because why didn't he just why doesn't say he it? just tell you? Yeah. Why doesn't he just say, "Hey, use this as fake blood, and the guard will come in," right? Um, but instead, they. But this is a gameplay thing. Yeah. Once again, it's like, "Hey, this isn't great for the story. It's not great for the characters. It's not great for you liking the characters at all." But it is very fun 
to kind of um, figure out on your own a unique way to get out of a situation to solve a puzzle. Oh. And that's super fun in the game. And so if Otacon told us what to do, sure, that makes more sense for the story. Uh, but for the game, it's way more interesting to have him give you random items and have you kind of have to figure out what yeah. to do with it. It's actually yeah. unnecessary for him to say, oh, you were thinking the same thing as me. He could say, like, oh, that was really clever, Snake. I wouldn't have thought of yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I was literally yeah. just giving you dinner. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> and then, it, you know, it wouldn't, th this problem wouldn't exist. If I yeah. had in mind that you do this, but I didn't tell you. No. <laughs> so, no. anyway, it, it's kind of funny. But, yeah, so you use the ketchup as fake blood, and you lie in that little pool, and then the guy comes yes. back like, oh, my gosh, what happened? <laughs> he comes in, and you beat him up. Yeah. Um, but there's kind of a timer as you're, like, trying to find out what to do, and every once in a while he'll come back and drag you out to go get tortured again mm -hmm. by Ocelot. Yeah. And how, um, how many times were you tortured? Just the two. So the, two the initial, okay. I was gonna say, and then at least the second twice. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't really, I'm pretty sure the second time is mandatory. It's well. both are mandatory. Okay, yeah. I was just making sure I couldn't have escaped before that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that may not be the case. Maybe you can escape before that. But I don't. I don't I remember didn't. the guard ever going into the bathroom like that until oh, after yeah. the second time. But Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. But you have to survive the torture again because if you submit, well, we're getting... Bad well, things happen. Bad things will happen later yeah. on that we'll talk about in the final episode. But yep. uh, you don't want to give in to the torture unless you want a different ending. Don't give in to the pain. <laughs> uh, and then the third, the third way that you can get out of here is that like if if you use up the ketchup or whatever and you've tried hiding under the bed but Johnny like found out so like the first time I tried it I came out before he came in he opened the oh, door but before he came it, right? inside I came out and then he closed the door right before I got to him He's like oh there he is and he's not going to be tricked by that again basically. Oh that's kind of cool So your chance of doing it that way is over Hmm. And if you if you like use the ketchup and you don't get out again, now it's like all your chances of getting out are gone. Yeah. Then Gray Fox will come in and open the door for you. And you oh, can that's fun. So that's the third way in which you can escape. Cool. So Cyborg Ninja will come let you out eventually. <clears throat> I did not know that. So those are the three ways you can escape from the, the sale. Um... Okay, so some of the things that Ocelot talks about the second time he's torturing you, he's talking about rebuilding Mother Russia. Yeah, he wants Russia to lead the brave new world order. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he says, 20th century Russia had its problems, but at least it had an ideology. Today it has nothing. And Snake says in response to that, they're struggling between freedom and order, and with that struggle, a new spirit of nationalism has been born. Yes, that is correct, actually. That, yes. is, that is correct. <laughs> uh, and and that's how it works. You look at World War I, and uh, Germany just gets just crushed, and their economy just gets um, leveled. Yeah. And from the ashes of the <clears throat> newfound poverty that this once great nation found itself in, uh, new nationalism was born, and that was, that was the Hitler party. and the yeah. Nazis. So that is kind of how things work. That's part of the genius of the Marshall Plan, which is after we beat Germany in the Second World War, um, the United States decided to give them money and help them rebuild quickly yeah. instead of letting them just suffer because screw those guys and then they come back again 20 years, the next generation wants to fight again. Mm. It's like, no, let's actually give them money 
and let's help them rebuild their country quickly and let's become allies with them and let's establish something of a puppet government as well. <laughs> we, we did some a lot of things, but it was all to prevent war, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, and so, but with when the Soviet Union fell, we didn't do that. Help them in any way. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, of course, well, now it's 2022, and you guys all know how that's gone. Yeah. Ocelot then tells Snake that Liquid knows someone high up in Spetsnaz. Or yeah, so uh, you come across um, mm. Ocelot and Liquid talking. This is much later. You've gone into the communications tower at this point. Okay. And like they're kind of in a room there talking to each other, having a conversation. So Ocelot, oh no, no, sorry. Scratch that. This is when he's torturing you, the second Oh, time. okay. So while he's, you know, just before beginning to torture you again, Ocelot tells Solid Snake that Liquid knows someone who's high up in Spetsnaz and that they're interested in buying Metal Gear Rex. So somebody in the Russian uh, government of course. is interested in buying it. And that the, the Hind D, the helicopter yeah, they got, came was like from... a down payment for that. Ah, nice. It was like the first installment of payment for Metal Gear. <laughs> nice. Um, by the way, I've had, we've had quite a few people reach out about our question as to whether that helicopter could possibly take down an F-16. What's the verdict? Uh, definitely no. Yeah, um, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, there's there's actually um, somebody who follows us on Patreon who... Oh, yeah. Actually, let me just pull up his comment. This is a good... good oh, that would be great. Because he has... Um, he's messaged us in the past about this, this kind of military about system. About the, the FF-8, right? About the error of margin... Yes. Yeah, that whole... And how that's total BS and there's absolutely no way it would be designed that way. The exactly. error, error ratio. <laughs> yes, and the error, error ratio actually makes a bigger um, field of destruction. <laughs> so He says, um, a question was posed about whether an old Soviet helicopter could take down an F-16. The short answer is no. I say this as a PhD physicist who works for the Air Force. No, I do <laughs> okay. not wear a uniform. However, right. and I'm not a pilot. A, I suppose if you had technical failures on the F-16, right. an extreme a... degree, you might get lucky. This uh, is that one, what's all that one in a million talk? That's, <laughs> this is the one in a million yeah. talk. B, I suppose if the F-16 pilot were incapacitated in some yes. form, human error might change things. However, these are extreme yeah. events. Fighter planes are meant for air superiority and to take down bombers or helicopters. Helicopters are not air superiority fighters. Ground air defenses would much more plausibly intercept an F-16. An F-16, exactly. And a surface-to-air missile or something. Yeah. Not a, a hind Okay, so my intuitions were correct. Yes. But Liquid Snake is just a whole other level, I guess, That's right? the point that other <laughs> yeah. people were making, was like, this is that meant to so be good. this... B-movie level way of showing you how badass liquid Okay, is. like when Arnold Schwarzenegger is like in True Lies where he's like piloting <laughs> the Harrier jet and he's like, you're fired. Um, okay, <laughs> well, I get that, I get that, yes. I get that. Where it's, it's like, hey, this isn't, this could never happen. Liquid but it's pretty is just fun, that it's good. pretty fun to watch. Yeah, Liquid's yeah, just you. that awesome yeah. is basically the point of that, I guess. Okay. I just, I just now got why they replaced Donald Trump with Arnold Schwarzenegger on The Apprentice. And it was because of his line, you're fired, fired in true lies. That's the reason he, I just now realized <laughs> that. So My funny. gosh, that's great. All Some right. producers knew what they were doing. So Snake says to Ocelot, so you're in this for the money? And Ocelot says, I don't need money. I want Russia to be reborn, to lead a brave new world order, like you were saying. It's the collectivist sentiment where he, so, he will die for the 
country instead of just for his own personal gain. Right. So this is setting up a little bit of Ocelot's uh, motivations for what he's doing. Yeah. You know, we've gotten kind of differing things from each of these foxhound people we've encountered. They're all way, way different. Yeah. They all have different, like, ideas. Like, when Ocelot's like, Mother Russia will be reborn, it's like, well, how do the other ones think? They don't care about that. Nope. Like, does everyone else know about your sneaky little plan to yep. rebuild Mother Russia? Like, right. doesn't sound like they'd be down with it. Psycho Mantis just wants to kill as many people as possible. Yes. Like, and then yeah. um, uh, the uh, Raven guy. What's Vulcan his name? Raven. Vulcan yeah. Raven. Um, he's he's just gosh he's on like a spiritual journey yeah like right. his is like a whole separate thing yeah and even um, sniper wolf it's like they in fact she would probably really not like <laughs> the idea of Russia becoming the new dominant power right uh, we'll f- talk about her later but yeah they're all so so different not just like like they're different ideologically it's it's amazing that they can even work together at all mm-hmm. because they would have diametrically opposed like life philosophies and world views and. All of that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. But somehow they're unified under the something. Enemy, uh, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, that's it. That's it. Okay, so Naomi comes in. She asks if she can help Snake in any way. He begs and her to talk to him to take to yeah. help him take his mind to off take, the pain. Take it away of the pain. Um, um, he tells her that he only has two friends. This yes. is great. Because she's like, oh, I don't know what to do. She, it's in a really awkward situation. Uh, for her, she doesn't know what to say. It is an awkward conversation, but there are things you find out later on that actually make this conversation yes. a lot more valuable. Yes. Um, yes. And Naomi is really confused by Snake being like this. But um, they're able to have a deep conversation in which Snake reveals that he has two friends. Um, one of them was... Um, Gray Fox. Gray Fox, which yep. was Frank Yeager. Is yep. that it? Mm-hmm. His real name she, is Frank she's Yeager. She's really shocked by that. Like, so, how can that be true? But we have to like go down the line here. Um, so, Frank Yeager is Gray Fox, who is... Cyborg Ninja. Cyborg Ninja, who is voiced by... <laughs> hold on. Who is voiced by James Flinders who is voiced by Cam Clark. So there's like a five <laughs> level deep like issue here. That's pretty funny. By the way, there's been yeah. some people responding to why they I've did. heard there was union stuff, yes. but I, I need someone to explain it. Okay, so remember in the office where Steve Carell's like, explain to me like I'm 10, and then they explain it, and then he's like, now explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. Okay, unions exist, and they have rules, but these people weren't part of the union. So, so now, like... Oh, they, I thought they were. I oh, thought they were belonged they? to the Screen Actors Guild. And so therefore, oh, some in or- other people. sometimes when they want to take a job without involving the union in that, they're going to credit as a different name in order to not like, okay. I thought that was the deal. Like, I get it. I must have read a comment they that wanted didn't to accept it that way. this job, but yes. they didn't want to have to, you know, they didn't want to go through the fees, I guess. This happened with us. There are issues. With, um, yes. With, uh, oh, what's his name? Who played Dovahkiin in our, in our film. What was his name? Yes. Paul Hunt. Paul Hunt. Yes, yeah. yes. He is um, like he, he technically. Didn't, he didn't want to get his um, uh, agent involved. Yes, none of that or stuff. Or the Screen yeah. Actors Guild involved. Though we did credit his real name. We did credit his real yeah. name. <laughs> But it was kind of paid under the table kind of yes. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the, the, I guess the, the money he was working for on this was not enough to, like, merit, like, splitting that up or whatever. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's exactly the same situation, but something like that where it's like yeah. they want to take this role, but they don't want to go through the hassle of the union. The union and all the other. So they know. just said, credit me as a different name. Right. 
I think that's what they were saying. That makes sense. That makes sense. In which case, David Hayter wasn't part of the union? I don't know. By the way, <laughs> did we mention that he wrote the first X-Men movie in the 90s? Did he really? He was the writer for X-Men. X-Men 1? And he wrote X-Men 2 also. I and knew he, he was a screenwriter. I didn't he know he He has write. written several huge movies. That's very crazy. big movies. And X-Men 2 is one of the best movies like it's X-Men 2 ever. is freaking sweet. Yeah. So in fact, okay, so I watched the Game Informer interview with him and all of the voice cast, right? Including the voice director and all this stuff. There is some fascinating stuff there. It's really interesting to go into. First of all, David Hayter isn't a huge fan of Hideo Kojima. Um, and, no, no, and they're, they're on bad terms. They right? aren't. And Hideo Kojima, he said he felt like at every turn Hideo Kojima was trying to get him fired. Yeah, because <laughs> he actually had to re-audition um, for Metal yes. Gear Solid 3 and 4. Yeah, for each each ever, uh, yeah, each Crazy. subsequent one. They were like, okay, let's see if we can't get someone better. And um, anyways, uh, David Hayter and Hideo Kojima do not really get along. But... David Hayter also was kind of like not in a great place in LA and Hollywood. And mm. when he got the voice role for Metal Gear Solid, um, it was like a decent break, but it was, you know, work was sparse. And finally he wrote the script for X-Men and that got picked up. And from then on, he's been very successful mm. uh, as a screenwriter. Um, but yeah, he wrote X-Men too. I just can't believe that. That is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, so here's Andrew Koss's comment on this. To Kaysen's point about the actors using pseudonyms, hmm. uh, that was down to the Screen Actors Guild's rules for recording video games being a bit iffy during that time. So most of the cast right. worked under a different name to still participate. Which is more or less my intuition was right. like they, maybe it wasn't the actors themselves, but there were forces involved that did not take video games seriously. Yeah. Therefore, they had to pretend to be other people. The Screen Actors Guild had not yet detailed yeah. their guidelines or rules or whatever for... For games. Voiceover work for games. Hmm. So it was like, I still want to participate in that without their, like, oversight or, like, being involved. So just okay. use a different name. Makes perfect sense. That was sense. the idea. Perfect <clears throat> sense. Okay. Um, yeah, so Gray Fox, he says, is his friend. And... and Campbell, Roy Campbell. Roy Campbell. He's like, oh, you still, you still consider you, me a friend? You think I'm a friend? And he's just like... It almost shows how like pitiful Snake's life is. Yes. Like it's actually kind of sad, yes. and it's almost like he doesn't know what if what a, a friend is, mm. you know. But instead of just doing the cheesy B movie thing, which they don't shy away from in this in this um, not at all in this game, but they did at this point instead of being the I don't have friends or I I don't even know what a friend is. I've never you know. But instead, it's like oh I can think of a couple, and then he names some people, and it's like dude. That's sad. <laughs> like, that's really sad. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, Snake, but he's he lives a very isolated life. He he, he, he might be an otaku. Yeah, he might be <laughs> too. the ultimate otaku. Well, yeah. dog musher version of whatever that is. Yeah, a dog musher taku. Um, he also says that after so many wars, it's hard for him to trust anybody. Yeah, yeah. She, I think Nomi asks him if he's got a woman in his life. That's what he said in response to that. Mm. Then, then she asks about the friends, and he says Roy Campbell and Gray Fox. She's really confused yeah. about the Gray Fox thing. She's I know. Like, but she's you, like, what? You killed Gray Fox. And he's like, yeah, like, we were it, working. It wasn't personal. Yes. We were just professionals on opposite sides we, of, yeah. We talked about this briefly in Mass Effect, though, with, um, what's his name? The the um, the big dude, the, the monstrous-looking guy. Oh, um, Rex. His name. Rex, yeah. And how there were moments where he, as a mercenary, had to fight yep. other Again, people other of his dwindling species. And he was just yeah. like... Other Krogans. It's work. Yep. You know, there's a lot of parallels between Mass, Mass Effect and Metal Gear. We've, we've noticed a few, yeah. Yeah. Uh, along the way. 
Anyway, she seems upset about it, though. Yep, she's That's not key. happy. She's not key about his answer, or she's not keen on his answer about Gray Fox. Yeah. Um, just keep that in mind for later. So, uh, she says all men are alike and that they're wild animals. And he says she's right. <laughs> <laughs> all men are wild animals. Yeah. Uh, she says that it's men's genes that make them predisposed to violence. Yeah, she's all about those genes. It's and actually, I guess that's it's technically that's true. Let's go. It's technically true. <laughs> it's technically true. Yeah. It's, well, a lot of things are technically true. More testosterone right. you have, the more likely you are to be aggressive. Um, Snake asks why she got into genetics, and then that's when she mentions that since she didn't know her parents, yes. it was her way of trying to understand where she comes from. Exactly. So she says, I thought if I studied my genetic structure, I'd find out who I really was. And um, that's just not really how things work, like in any way at all, ever. Um, like if I want to know who you are, and I like grab your arm and I like get a microscope, and I'm just like, doo, 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 take like a sample. The, the smallest scale, you know, examining like the at the cellular level, like oh, your DNA says this. Like I don't know, I don't know anything about you, right? Like oh, that's who you are. Okay, okay. Like come on. Um, I guess this all plays into the idea that they thought they would be able to unlock exactly. All the mysteries of humanity exactly. once they sequence the genome. Yes. And that's not what happened. <laughs> it's not. But even Naomi, throughout the theme of this game, being that it's not all just genes, um, Naomi is kind of seeing her deterministic, like materialistic yeah. worldview crumble right in front yeah, of her. Because right. she's like, I examined my genes under the microscope, but I still don't know who I am. And so it's like, oh no, that that's not... How you That's not who out. I am, I guess. And yeah. so she's having to grapple with this new idea of, well, well, who am I? And if I'd spent years researching becoming a world-renowned, you know, <laughs> like DNA specialist, genetic researcher, you know, this top scientist, and I just now found out that it's not even, like, useful to what I want to do. <laughs> like, now I've got to go do something else, right? And so yeah. she's. it's not only the time commitment that it would take to get to her level, um, but it's also just like everything about life, you know, just in philosophy and everything. And she's just like, everything's just crumbled. And she's like thrown back into no man's land, which is presumably where she was when, what was the country? She was from a country um, it was like Zimbabwe, uh, but... Um, yes, that's now called Rhodesia. Zimbabwe. Rhodesia. Rhodesia. That's the yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And how back then she was thrown into a world of not knowing where what her future held you know yeah. and then she's been researching this thinking this is where my future is and now she's just been cast back into that world of like i once again don't know who i am or where i am or any of that mm -hmm. yeah that's rough um while otacon was there i have another note here he okay before i even tell this joke do you know anything about the story of the last of us part two no like anything at all i saw the trailer Okay. So to that extent, I might I, know I'll one I'll probably thing. have to explain this one to you. <laughs> okay. I also didn't play The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. So um, I'm way behind. Okay. So Otacon's talking about how he's in love with Sniper Wolf. And that yes. he thinks she's a good person because she likes dogs. <laughs> you like eggs? You like eggs? <laughs> you like eggs? <laughs> well, what was that? What um, was that? Snatch. From? Snatch. Oh, you're right. It's from Snatch like with um, Brad Pitt. You like eggs? Yeah. You like eggs? You like eggs? Do you like eggs? Dags. What? Yeah, dogs. Dogs. You like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. <laughs> um, so my, my comment on this, on him saying that she's a good person because she likes dogs, is seems the creators of The Last of Us Part Two felt the same way. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I can guess. <laughs> partway through The Last of Us Part Two, 
I'm not going to give any major, major spoilers here, okay. so no one needs to worry. You kind of switch and play the role of the villain from that game and hmm. see it from her perspective. And the way that they try to, um, at least in part, they try to endear you to that character. Mm. She likes dogs and she pets dogs. <laughs> and this is supposed to mean she's a good person. And you're supposed you know, to feel conflicted about what she did. <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. It's, wow. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Uh, apparently, if you like dogs, you're a good person. If you like dogs, all humans like dogs. Although there are some <laughs> psychopaths that like will torture animals, but yeah, that's messed up, dude. Like you can kind of know that, I guess. Like, that's oh, true. they're not a psychopath. They're not a good person. Yeah, they're not a psychopath. But, but it's been a, even a trope of like, I guess this isn't a dog, but in um, oh, D Inspector Gadget, there was that bad guy. Oh, I'll get you next time, Gadget. But he was always <laughs> petting a cat. Oh yeah. So he can still be evil. He's if you like cats, you might still be evil. <laughs> But if you like dogs, you definitely can't be evil. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true in the world of uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly, which is kind of what this game is. <clears throat> kind of what this game is. Okay, so we said all that already. Deep Throat calls yeah. you. He warns oh. you about a bomb that's been planted in your stomach. Yes, as soon as you get out, all of a sudden yeah. he's just like, you have a bomb. You know, how he knows this is difficult to say. But um, you go through your items and there is... Yeah. But you have to figure it out. And figure once out again, is this yeah. is the game being like really good and then Deep Throat being like really evasive. <laughs> and like, I don't know what could it be. But it's like, you know enough. Like, give me a hint. No, dude. So you got to scroll through your 50 items or whatever you've Find got at this point. Thing. 20 items, whatever Throw it is. It. Yeah, grab it. And now I was able to do this, but my guess is you'll get a game over if you don't do it in time. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm actually not sure about that. I'm not yeah. sure how that works. It doesn't have a timer on it. I don't or, know. or it's just infinite forgiveness, and you yeah. just, they wait until you find it. I was watching this scene from one channel where the guy has obviously played the game a lot, and he, as soon as he gets the items back, he just goes straight to the thing and throws <laughs> it away, <laughs> and then goes on. <laughs> but funny. then, you know, in my own playthrough, you know, you, you walk out of there and you actually get the call from Deep Throat, and, and it's, oh, it's, so in that case, you never would have gotten this call. Yeah, in that it, it, if, if that guy didn't see that conversation, he'd already thrown it away. Uh -huh. um, I think it's in the same little, the, the cargo door that opens with the lasers, where you use the ah, cigarettes. The it's like yeah. in that little bay area that he calls you and you like throw it away. Oh, nice. And he's like, uh, he says, Ocelot, like, I'll get you for this. There, um, there's one more thing from Naomi's conversation, though, that oh, I wanted yeah. to bring up. Um, Actually, two more things. But this one is that Naomi throws out the idea of that memory is stored in DNA. And that's in Xenogears. Yes, it more is. More or less. Like the same concept as yes, in Xenogears with the introns and extrons and whatnot, yeah. right? Introns and, so, and exons. Yeah. yeah, I think that's funny because these games, Xenogears came out in 98 or 97? 98, right? I think it was between FF7 and FF8, right? Yes, and this game yeah. also came out in 98. Yeah, so these came out at the exact same time. Same there must year. have just been some... Something must have been you. in the news in 96 or 97 that was like... They were all into this at the Memory same time. <laughs> might be stored in your, in your DNA, in your genes, you know? Yeah. yeah, but I think that's fascinating. I'm sure that they hoped by 2020 we'd know the answer to that and we freaking <laughs> don't. We still have no idea where memory comes from, where it's yeah. stored, or how it works, other than how maybe how it's yeah, recalled, it's, as it's you mentioned, a, protein synthesis. It's a creative part of your brain. Yeah. But, but what are you recalling in order to recreate? It's yeah. like, okay, there's something there, but we, nobody really knows. Yeah, it's hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, but then um, Snake asks, what is his fate since she has his entire genetic code? Oh, right. And she's like, I don't know. 
Yep, I don't know. And he's like, that's right, you're not a fortune teller. You're a scientist. Exactly. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Naomi went into the wrong field. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah. Should have been a fortune teller. Yep. Um, Otacon basically says that later. <laughs> In the ending we just watched, but... Yes, yes. Uh, we'll anyways, we'll get to that much later. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Snake finally gets back to the point where Meryl was shot, all the blood on the ground. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. He starts blaming himself for pushing her too hard and all these th- things like that. Miller cuts in, tells him Snake not to blame himself. It's not like him. Um, I, I found it personally weird that Campbell refers to Miller as Master too. I, I wrote that down. Like, why is Campbell calling him Master? Right, right. There were so many in the comments from the last video who was saying that, or I guess it's two videos ago now, who was saying that Master Miller was like his code name. It wasn't like they were referring to him as Sensei oh. Miller. Like Master Miller was like just his okay. foxhound or training name or something like Dude, that. Dude, that's a sick name. I'd rather have Master than freaking <laughs> like, a, I don't know, like a... a Raven or something like Psycho some Mantis. bird, Psycho Mantis. <laughs> like no, dude, I'm freaking master, Master Miller. So yeah. I guess that would be why if that's the case. Okay, because he was saying in the Japanese they say Mastu, Mastu, oh, would be Masta, 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 Mila. So they don't do Mira. Sensei, Mila Sensei. Okay, yeah. right. they don't say Sensei. They don't. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. So I guess that was just his code name. Um, Masta Mila. Yeah. Right. So. Mei Ling cuts in, and she says that um, it doesn't suit a legend like Snake to be blaming himself like this. Come on. Um, I, I, I thought it was funny, I was kind of laughing at this, that Snake, this like very um, like brooding, hardcore American hero type like, yeah. from like action movies of the 80s, yeah, yeah. is doing that anime thing where when someone bears their heart out to them, they have to say their name with like dot, dot, dot. Yes, like yes, oh afterwards. my gosh. So Mei oh Ling like gosh. bears her heart and he goes, Mei Ling. Mei Ling. <laughs> and then Master Mei Miller Ling? says something, Master. <laughs> it's Master. so, it's so funny to be like. It's, it's, it is partly of just how Japanese works. Um, I know, but it just sounds so funny in English yeah. when, when Snake is doing it. Like when I'm watching an anime that's like, I don't know, like uh, some kind of Final Fantasy type thing where it's like yeah. clearly uh, not based on like what this game is, which is like American politics and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like taking Western influences as its yeah. inspiration. But like having that type of character hero like speak like an anime character is really freaking funny to me. <laughs> and I think if for for us that that would be more we would do that in maybe more of like a romantic moment where sure. you say their name. Yes. You know, like almost never does that happen. Yes. Like like you're you're saying all these good points to me and I just go, Kason. Case. <laughs> it feels so weird, dude. It feels so weird. Oh my gosh. It feels so fetching oh weird. Oh my gosh, you're and right. You're how, totally right. That's how weird that felt to me of Snake doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's he's the just, last. And his the, voice, too. Yes. That's not the voice you say that in. That's the last character in yeah. anything I would expect to talk like that. Yeah, that is so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. Anyway, Oof. so I took that note. This is really <laughs> weird for Snake to do that. Um,. He does it a lot too. He yeah. he says it to Naomi. He says it to Meryl. He says it to 
He doesn't say it to Campbell at any point, but he says it to mm. Master Miller, and he says it to Mei Ling. It's like four times he does this. It's just like so weird. Um, so then Naomi begins to try to push Snake into saying that Meryl means more to him than just a war buddy. She's like, right. She's like, she like keeps like nagging him about it. Doesn't she mean more than that? Like, because he, <laughs> what does she mean to you? Kind yes. of thing. I love his line too. He's like, oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, but what is what is you know what do you feel? <laughs> she's a combat buddy. <laughs> Who says combat buddy? Yeah. Like what in the world? That yeah. is hilarious. And I'm, I'm the whole she's time a I'm combat sitting there. Buddy. Like, this is not the freaking time to be having this conversation. It's, it's the freaking, it's the drama, <laughs> dude. And it's just like, right now, I gotta know. We I are like it. hours away from a nuclear strike. Why is this conversation <laughs> happening at all? I feel like there is something endearing about when this happens. When it's like you're in the middle of a battlefield, but then the romance is... <laughs> I, we've dealt with this in FF8 and oh, in a sure. couple other games as well. Yes, where it's like, right. is now the time? And yeah. it's like, you know... Depending on how interesting you want your show to be, um, your your game or whatever it is, your story yeah. to be, um, it might be the perfect time to maximize you know tensions and stuff. And sure, I think <clears throat> a really good time would have been while he's sitting in prison and he can't do anything anyways. Like he's just sitting yes. around waiting for a way to try to break out. That would realistically like, make more sense. Because there was a lot yeah, of yeah. good dialogue there that was more sentimental, that was more like character building. Yeah, well, especially you know. after when he's like, tell me, talk to me to help me numb the pain. Right. Like, yeah, there would have that would have been a decent time to do this. But yeah. at the same time, Naomi is, I don't know, Naomi's idea of him is, is, is shifting here. Yeah. And I actually, there's something funny about it. I actually am starting to like the romance in, in bad times. <laughs> <laughs> um, not as, not as a, I don't know how to explain this. Not as like a good way to tell your story, but just as a, a, a campy way to like have fun during, oh, sure. during the telling of sure, your story. Yes. To make your story fun instead of just being super if serious. You're, if you're going for a Kung Fury feel to it. Like, <laughs> Something like it that. Can be Maybe not that fun. intense, but yes, yes. Well, like we were watching uh, an alternate ending just because we had, neither of us had seen that one. Yeah, um, yeah, we just kind of and we were laughing at it the whole time, but not in a way of like, oh, this is embarrassing, but right. like it's just it's just funny. Like it's, it's cliche, it's lame and, and cliche, but it's yeah. like in a fun way. Like I don't it's know fun. I don't know how to it. explain it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's still okay. It's just fun. Yeah, there, there's there's a self awareness to it, like we've talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, and then um, Meryl thought that, of course, through the conversation, he mentions that Meryl thought she had to become a soldier to get close to her dead father. Oh, right. Right. So that's just more genetic determinism. And stuff. they're really playing up the that angle of things. Couple setups here. So this is a little bit of a setup because Campbell goes, "Oh, really? Is that is that what she said? Right? Oh, that yeah. that her wanting to be a soldier was her way of connecting with her." father mm -hmm. keep that in mind for later that was important for interesting for Campbell but also right. Naomi talks a little bit more about her extended family here yes they not not on purpose people no, begin to ask they her probed her for the information master Miller in particular yeah taking an interest in this yep 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 um, so he she brings up how her Japanese grandfather was an undercover investigator for the FBI in New York during the 50s taking down like the mafia. Yes. And Miller questions her about that. Didn't you say you don't have a family, any family? She's like, 
well, you know. So he didn't get to know him very well. Yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. He and, was and always he, away. He gets really suspicious about this. Yes. And yeah, they yeah. kind of leave that conversation. That's a setup for something, too. So the Campbell thing yeah. and uh, Naomi's story about her grandfather are setups for things coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. Okay, so you climb up this tower. Oh my goodness. This is probably <laughs> the most annoying part of the game to me. Like, I just don't like this yeah, section yeah. at all. Because yeah. you got guys chasing you from behind as you run yep, up yep, these yep. stairs. And, and they're gonna, faster than you. Yes, and then there's guys yeah. from up there shooting you. It's just like, it's just way too long. <laughs> it, it is, it is. But the there's a great payoff at yeah. the very end. Yeah. Because, well, is this where we're going to fight? Um, yeah, liquid. The helicopter, at right? The top, yeah. So, okay, so we'll, I'll, I'll bring it up um, as a payoff as, after that. But yeah, we get all the way to the top. It's annoying, it's, it's ridiculous. But we get to the top, and then there's the helicopter flying by, and it's Liquid Snake. And it's like, yes. hey, time for a boss battle, right? Mm -hmm. So, what I thought was so funny is as you're fighting with Liquid Snake, you run back into the building, right? Yep. And Otacon is there. Yeah, because he like, he like throws the rope. And he like yes. repels down the side while he's being yes. shot at. And then he gets then, back into the, the other tower because there's two towers. So there's tower A and tower B. He gets into yes. tower B. That's where Otacon is because the stairs were destroyed. So yeah, he can't yeah. go down the stairs. The elevator was not working. He doesn't know how he's going to get down. But he asks Otacon how he got up. Yes. And Otacon says, I took the elevator. Right. And Snake's like, the elevator was working. <laughs> I think that's so funny because yeah. of how difficult it is to climb up. Then it's like the yeah. elevator was working. Right. That's just so funny. And, um, oh, Otacon was using his invisibility, and so, like, Snake pulls his gun on him. He's like, no, no, it's me. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, can you get this elevator back up here again? And he's like, yeah, I'll go, like, work on the mechanism real quick. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go swat a bothersome fly, which was yes, that's what Liquid, Liquid Snake from uh -huh. earlier. Liquid's... Um, line from earlier yeah. in the game, right? Swat and bothersome fly. So yeah. he goes out to fight the helicopter this time. So you use that um, stinger, like a uh, lock-on yeah, grenade yeah, yeah. launcher thing. And it'll go launcher. even, um, you have to lock on when you can see it, but I think it'll yeah. go even It'll go down. helicopter goes off of screen. It's and then like, come back up and yeah, yeah. shoot at him. Um, it's a, that's a fun fight. That's like one of the more fun yeah, that was boss fun. fights in the game. Um, there's a couple things that Liquid says here. Um, he refers to Snake as a brother. And uh, yes, Snake yes. asks him why he's doing that. Like, why do you call me brother? And this line's really interesting. Liquid says, I'm you. I'm your shadow. I'm your shadow. Yeah, yeah. For those who haven't seen the Xeno Gears uh, uh, podcast series. Yes. We talked a lot about Jung's uh, concept of the shadow. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you want to explain that real I would love to yeah I'm your shadow in a union sense right so the shadow is what snake solid could be if he allows himself so a shadow is all the parts of you that you haven't um, brought forth as like part of your persona right part of your yeah. your your up high up conscious where it's like this is who I am but there's a lot of parts of you that you've repressed and that you've kind of that you hide away and you say that's not me right you kind of dissociate from it right but it is you. Yeah. It's in your brain, it's in your psyche, it's part of your mind. And uh, for instance, the capacity to like kill somebody, like that exists within your being. You would deny it and you'd say, I'd never do that. But um, your shadow is harboring this part of you that can do that and mm -hmm. that wants to do that and that 
wants to kill everyone in the world. I don't know, something like yeah. that. Something ridiculous. But it's your shadow, right? This is the idea of shadow link. And anytime you see a shadow of a character, it's like, oh, this is the opposite. Yeah. This is who they would be if they would allow their uh, subconscious to like be in charge. Um, and it, within the shadow is contained other things like the anima or the animus. Or there's treasures in the shadow. It's not all bad, yeah, right? right? But there's stuff there that you've repressed that you shouldn't have, maybe. Or that's developed later on and that you just didn't realize it. That's part of your shadow, too. And so often what you'll need to do is, like, go into your shadow, metaphorically speaking, and, and pull out those good, valuable parts and leave the, the shady parts where they are. Um, so that's the idea. But Liquid Snake has a shadow as well. And his shadow would be Solid Snake. So they are yeah. each other's shadow. But it depends on who we're focusing on as to which one we would refer to as the shadow. Right. Because an evil person will have good things in, in their yeah. shadow that they've repressed. All yeah. the nice, happy feelings. That's their shadow. Yeah. And so, anyways, there's an interplay there. Just wanted to bring that up, too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we talk all about this in Xenogears. Yep. It's so Carl Jung's stuff. Watch the Xenogears Watch podcast. all of it. All 21 episodes. All 21 episodes, man. Um, you can do it. <clears throat> So I love Snake's answer to that. So he's like, I'm you. I'm your shadow. I'm your shadow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he has no idea what he's talking about. Do you know what a shadow I, is, Snake? I don't Snake? think Snake's ever read up on uh, yeah, you may, Maybe he's not. You know. <laughs> uh, and I like Liquid's response. He says, ask the father that you kill. I'll send you to hell to meet him. And then that's when the boss battle starts. Nice. Um, that's good stuff. Um, I also have to bring up, I love... Um, Atacan's Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> with yes. uh, with Sniper Wolf, but there is also a line he says when he reveals himself, when he un-invisibles un himself, I guess. Um, he asks Snake if he th he's ever been in love before, <laughs> and Snake's like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And then Atacan's like, "No, well, what I'm what I'm really trying to say is, can love bloom on the, on the battlefield?" Yeah. It's actually kind of a nice saying. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like a really like he he was digging himself a hole with snake. It's like, do you do you think two people can fall in love? Or it's like, come on, dude. Even if people die, but then he asks, can love bloom on the battlefield? And that's where snakes like, I think two people at any time can have a, a you know a, an experience where they fall in love. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay, that's great. And then he also tells Otacon like, hey, why don't you? Like, how come you're, like, helping me out so much? I thought you were scared. And he's like, well, when I put, when I turn myself invisible, it's like I'm not even there. And then I'm not <laughs> nervous anymore. He can do anything as long as he's invisible. Yeah. I think The Incredibles has something like that, with the, the invisible girl, that she's super confident and upfront as long as she's invisible. invisible but as soon as people yeah. can see her, she feels vulnerable and exposed and yeah. all that. I would be remiss to not mention this one-liner, though, yeah. as a... Uh, Liquid is helicopter is crashing and burning. Oh, and what explodes. was it? And and S snakes looking over the edge. See you in hell, Liquid. That takes care of the cremation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that takes care of the cremation. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, even um. Oh, what's that? What's that show where it was always a one-liner and then it would the. Oh, oh, that song oh, would play. Is, it, is that Miami Vice? Yes, or? Miami Vice. One yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. something or Miami. CSI Miami or something like that. Oh, it was so like good, that. so good. And he would put the sunglasses well, on. Well, that takes care of the cremation. And that the, the Who song shows yeah, up. Right. That was so good. It was amazing, amazing one-liner there. Uh, Otacon right. then tells Snake that the elevator's fixed. Though he didn't have to do anything to fix it. It just started working. Yes, but... 
as soon as we get on it, it's like you're over capacity. Yeah. And this so, is like this is this is so good. I just yeah. love it. So this is the elevator that's going to lead him down into the hangar that's going to take him to Metal Gear. Right. He's he's on his way there. Uh, there are now. Okay. So yeah. This conversation's really long, and these dudes are just standing here invisible, I know, waiting apparently. for him to realize. <laughs> and as soon as he realizes, then they make their move. It's like, dudes, you had the drop on him, man. You had they're the just, beat. They're just waiting and patiently <laughs> for him to realize that there's invisible people. Well, around. that is very honorable of them. But um, he he says something about like it being over capacity, and, and Otacon's like, yeah, that was strange, like. I only weigh like 160 pounds, but it yeah. said like it's over capacity. It's like a thousand pounds is capacity, What's, yeah. Uh, that was a, I didn't know what to make of that. Otacon. <laughs> oh, and then I love how he realizes too. <gasps> yeah, he's like, they're in the, they're they're in in the, the elevator, elevator with, with you. With you. Right and he's like screaming it into the and camera. And you kind of had figured this out by now, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, right? And right. it's the the call is coming from inside the house. Like yes. it's that moment. And yes. it's I love it. It's cliche. It's it's just like it's pretty cool. It's though. typical, but it's cool. And then you're just like boom, you're fighting all these dudes and they and you can, they stay. You hidden, can use right? the thermal goggles to see their body heat and you can actually see them I running didn't around freaking and you can do fight that. Dude, them. this game's really cool. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of different ways to like you know, figure stuff out and get yeah, around things. That's right. that's super cool. I didn't do that. You can kind of see yeah, the, where they, they are move, without a little the thermal. bit of like a distortion I was, or something. Yeah. yeah, it was hard, but I was just trying to rely on that. Yeah. That's but if I'm you put on the thermal goggles, you'll see their body heat and you can actually attack them and see where they're at. Nice. Pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so he comes out of that elevator. Th this, the ver this is another one where I thought the Twin Snakes version of the cutscene was a little better than the PS1. Because he just, you, you see him through like the barrel of Sniper Wolf's rifle. And yes. she's like right on him. And he yes. just gets fetching shot like bam, like right back. <laughs> and he's just, and he doesn't like move. He just turns around and calls Otacon and goes on <laughs> like nothing happened. <laughs> it's just like you just got uh, fetching shot. Well, we've with been a shot sniper before. Rifle. We've been shot before. In the Twin Snakes version, it's like he, he gets some sort of sense like, oh no, something's wrong. And he moves and the shot, and the shot goes past mm, and then he dives into cover. His snaky senses were. Right. Yeah. So I kind of liked that better in the Twin Snakes version. Okay, okay. Rather than just taking like a freaking like direct hit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just well, like know, being man. knocked back and then getting up on a con. On a con. She's ears somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's Wolf. It's Wolf. She's there. And then she um, she shows up on our... Um, yeah, she starts talking. On the call. And uh, she looks like Nicole Kidman. She does. Like a lot like That's Nicole That's actually Kidman. true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and, that's who they model her I would after. guess that yeah. that would be it. Yeah. Uh, Otacon's begging Snake not to kill her. She's like talking about how she's going to kill <laughs> and him. Snake's like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> Just got shot. Once again, like nuclear war is about to happen, and yeah. you're like, "But I like the person, the bad guy." And it's yeah. like, "Dude, it's like, please, man, please, priorities." And and she. But once starts, again, I actually like that because yeah, it's right. fun for the. Right. It's just fun. And and she starts talking about what she's you know she's going to kill Snake, and he's telling her, Otacon's telling her like, "No, don't do it. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't yeah, yeah, fight." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, uh, this Daddy. battle's kind of fun. Um, it's pretty you cool, You can yeah. do it the way that I think maybe the game intends you to do it, which is another sniper battle where she's kind of going behind different trees. Yes. And you can, you're just like sniping Oh, back can and forth. you get closer to her? Um, well, no. I suppose you could. But you could oh, okay. use the, um, 
the missile that you can oh, direct around. Of course, of around, course. Yeah, yeah. And she never sees it coming. It is pretty slow, too. It goes slower than you walk, right? It's like pretty slow. That's like take her out, but anyways, there's a couple different ways, like always, to to finish these battles. But as she's lying there dying, yeah, as she's dying, this is interesting. She asks Snake to finish her quickly. She says she's a Kurd. Yes, and my understanding is that the Kurds and the Soviets did not get along very well. That's what I thought. Yeah, but you know, so if she knew about Ocelot's thing, then maybe she wouldn't be happy, and maybe she doesn't know, or maybe she's just okay with it. I don't know. Yeah, but she's occurred from, I think it was Iraq, right? Or Turkey? Turkey. Was it Turkey? There's Kurds in both. There's like an, a place that could be called Kurdistan that's like northern Iraq and like just like yeah, a corner I can't remember part of Turkey. Says or Iran, maybe. Sure, but yeah, I can't remember either. But I actually, so she calls herself a Kurd and then Snake says, oh, no wonder your name is Wolf. Yeah. And did you, do you, I, I didn't know what that meant, right? Oh. So I had to dive down to figure that out. Oh, that being why her name why, is Wolf? Like, oh, you're a Kurd. That's why your name is Wolf. Um, what does Kurd have to do with Wolf? That's the question. I don't know if I looked into that. Okay, so I did some research, but I wasn't able to find anything conclusive. Yeah. Like, nothing for sure. But what I found was um, the Turkish word for Wolf is Kurd. But it's an epithet. It's not a... It, the Kurds wouldn't call themselves that. Oh, okay. Or it's Kurt. I think it's with a T. The Kurds, uh, they call them wolves as a, as a negative. It's like a, uh, an epithet, right? Oh, like a, and like a war dog. Like something like dogs, to... yeah, something like that. Okay. And so I, but maybe they do call themselves that because of that reason. If there's anybody of Kurdish ancestry who knows about the, um, any of this, like why the connection between the Kurd and the wolf that isn't just the Turkish one that I mentioned, please let me know. I'm, I'm fascinated by this because they knew something and said something yeah. that I don't understand other than, it could be that they were like, oh, the Turkish word for Kurd means wolf. Uh, but then in Japan, them not knowing that, oh, but that's not a nice word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Kurdish person wouldn't take that as a compliment. I don't think, I could, I could be wrong about that, but that's my brief research has kind of shown me that. Okay. Um, but the word itself, the word, um, Kurd itself, the way that they refer to themselves, would be more of a Persian word of Iranian descent, and it means like nomad. So, and then there's a similar word in Arabic that means nomad or wanderer, right? So, I don't know why snake feels like Kurd means wolf, but he does. So, all right, if that's all I got. Knows, that's what I got. Hit us up. So, there's a couple of inter- interesting things she says. So. She always dreamed of a peaceful place like this where she's dying. Yes. She says she was And you raised. can hear wolves in the background, like, oh, howling. Yeah, in the Twin Snakes version, they actually come up. They actually oh, walk really? up and oh, they're nice. actually around her. When oh, she's that's kind of cool. That's so cool. That's, that's another difference. Okay. Um, so she says she was raised on the battlefield, hunted like dogs, gunfire and screams were her lullabies. I thought that was kind of right. cool. Right, yeah, that's good. She refers to Big Boss, who saved her from that life, yes. as Saladin. Yeah, she calls Saladin. him Saladin. So I looked into this. <laughs> um, Salad means salt. So he, this guy was basically a Sunni Muslim Kurd who became the first sultan of both Egypt and Syria. Saladin was? Yep. And oh. was the founder of the, I don't know how to produce, pronounce it, Ayyubid dynasty. Uh, Ayyubid. Yeah, Ayyubid, Ayyubid dynasty. Mm. Saladin led the Muslim huh. military campaign against the Crusader states in the Levant. This oh, the, the so it was Crusade. during that time. Okay, okay. During the Third Crusade. 
So huh. she's referring to him as Saladin. Big Boss is Saladin. That's what okay. it's a reference to. And so to the Kurds, Saladin is a, a, yeah, a great like hero. Yeah, a revered war okay. hero slash huh. sultan okay. from ancient times. So that wouldn't have been a reference to his actual name. That was more or less an honorary. Yes. Like She okay. thought of him as, as being like Saladin, and so Saladin. she called okay. him that. Huh. And Snake just happens to, uh, I guess, intuit that she's talking about Big Boss. Yeah, and he knew he must know a lot about the Kurds. You know, he must know all about that. Because she says Saladin, he's like Saladin. You mean Big Boss? It's like, how did you figure that out? So okay, all right. But anyway, so yeah, Big Boss is the one who saved her from that life, right? And so she joined a group of revolutionaries to take revenge on the world. Um, I've shamed my people uh, and myself. I'm no longer the wolf I was born to be. Uh, in the name of vengeance, I sold my body and my soul. Now I'm nothing more than a dog. Hmm. And so Snake assures her she's she's not just a dog. And, and then she turns to him and says, who are you? Are you Saladin? So Snake, as far as we right. know, and Liquid are the sons of Big Boss. Right? Exactly, yeah. So she sees a resemblance uh, in him to Big Boss. What I wrote down for that is that we, we became her hero. Yes, right. Um, she also tells Snake that she, she didn't kill Meryl, so Meryl's still alive. Mm. So it's like, oh, great, awesome. She, she's not dead like I thought she was. Earlier when he found the bloodstain on the ground, he thought she, he thought she was dead. Um, she says, I finally understand I wasn't waiting to kill people. I was waiting for someone to kill me. Oh, and that's how we became her hero. Yeah, right. Yeah. A man like you, you're a hero. Please set yep. me free. And Otacon runs in. Why? I love you. <laughs> and he gives her her gun, and so she's it's, holding that. It's when he know. shows up that she says everyone is here, right? Yeah, something like that. And so it's almost as if she actually maybe kind of did like Otacon, maybe, at least yeah. a little bit, that he was an important enough person for her to feel like it would be nice if he was there when she died. Yeah. And then they give her um, a, like a, a, a handkerchief or something. Yeah, the handkerchief was one of the things Otacon gives you through Early the on. cell. With yeah, the, with yeah, the, yeah. Um, that's right. That's right. With the, the ketchup and the food. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you, if you equip that handkerchief, you can also get through the dogs that section. Oh, because it has without, the scent. Yeah, the scent of of <sighs> um, what's her name, a uh, sniper wolf on it. Dude, this game's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they won't that's attack awesome. you if you have that handkerchief. Oh, on cool. It. Nice, nice. Um, so he gives it back. He puts it on her face and says, "I don't need this anymore." And you get back. Yeah. yeah. And then Tadakon turns away as Snake like puts a bullet in her head. Yeah. And he says goodbye. <clears throat> and that's when he asks Snake, you said, uh, or he, I guess not asks, but says, um, you said love can bloom on a battlefield, mm -hmm. but I couldn't save her. That's when Snake gives back the handkerchief. Um, Snake tells him that, uh, wait, what are they right here? Oh, they might not meet again is what I meant. So he tells Otacon they may not meet again. Like this might be the last time that they meet. Oh, he's, right. he's going down to try to destroy or disable Metal Right, Gear. we're kind of going into the, the big facility yeah, now. Yeah, right? and he's like, you should get out of here, like leave. Yeah. Get out as fast as you can. Um, get a head start on a new life. And Otacon calls after him like, Snake, what are you fighting for? What was she <laughs> yes, fighting for? that's right. Uh, you know, what should I be fighting for? <laughs> um, and Snake says, if we live through this, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, yeah. And then Otacon says, okay, I'll be searching too, and he runs off. And he decides he's gonna stay and try to help. He's not gonna like run away, right? 
Mm. This is where you go down into the hangar where Metal Gear actually is. Now. That's the end of disc one. That is the end of disc one. So that took us longer to <laughs> recap than I thought. Yeah. Okay, so Campbell calls in to Snake as he's descending in the facility, right? Um, informs him that negotiations have ceased between uh, the, oh, the, the American terrorists. government and the terrorists. Yeah. Basically, they're not talking anymore. Like, they're not going to give in to the demands. Like, you're the last hope to stop this. And Snake asks why they're being so yeah, exactly. inflexible. Exactly. And he accuses Campbell of hiding more from him, right? Yeah. And Campbell just pleads with Snake, just focus on stopping them. Like, just do your job. This It's so funny to me that, again, going back to that briefing, uh, you know, original cutscene where Campbell explains the whole mission to him before the game actually starts. Mm. One of the conditions that Snake accepted the mission was you yeah. have to tell me everything. No more secrets. Yes, yeah. And literally like hundreds of secrets. No, tons, tons. <laughs> Too many to count. Yeah. Just like didn't tell him anything. Mm -hmm. Kept everything from him the whole time. And he keeps apologizing for it. Um, yeah. So Miller calls in to inform Snake that yes. Naomi Hunter's story about Naomi. her grandfather was BS. Yep, she's lying. Completely not true. Yep. So he talks about, first of all, uh, was it was it Roosevelt? J. J. Edgar Hoover. Or Hoover, Hoover. Who ran the FBI. Hoover yeah. was uh, running the FBI during that time period. Yep. He was a known racist. For like 40 years, yeah. Yeah, a known racist who would never have hired a Japanese, a Japanese. investigator. Yes. <laughs> um, and so like racist, that Racist, but also we were at war with Japan when he was the FBI right. director. Right, right. Yeah, but yes. So like that makes no sense. Also, the... the um, the operations or the investigations against the mafia happened in Chicago, not in New York. And it was a year later. And it was a different time. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything about this story is off. Yes. Like she's she's definitely lying. She's of she's a spy. And it's like, oh man, like that's crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, so he just tells you to like, uh, I'll keep looking into this. Like you know, just watch your back. Like be careful about her. Like she, she's she's not who she says to, she, that she is. She's not who she purports to be. Yeah. You go down into this like frozen underground warehouse, and this is where you come across Vulcan Reagan, Raven for the second battle. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he's fascinating because he talks about the Cossacks. Yes. He calls us a Cossack. Snake a Cossack. So Snake, I guess, has a genetic history going back to Eastern Europe, something so, like that. The Cossack region would I think be what in he Russia. Was, what he was, so this is kind of confusing because Raven is also from Alaska. Okay, so he's, so I got you, yeah. He was like born and raised in Alaska. He competed in the, in the Alaskan Indian Olympics he talks about. Yes, that's right. Um, which is a real thing, by the way. Uh, oh. And cool. so, but he says his ancestors had come over... The, the Bering Strait. The Bering Strait. Yes. When it was frozen over, right? Which like is where 10, we assume ago. the American, right. uh, Native Americans, American Indians came from. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, he's saying that you also have heritage from the East, and I think what he's referring to is Snake's Japanese heritage. Oh, Snake so, has that? Yes. Oh, but he calls us a Cossack, though. Hold on, let me I look mean, that's that just up the again. word is Cossack. I don't know where Snake's from. Because I read that and I was like, wait, he's Japanese? What a fetch. It could be that because there's the 
the Inuit of Alaska are similar to the Ainu right, of, the Ainu. of Japan. Yeah. Right. Um, so that could be something. I think that's what it's about. Hold on. Let me see what he says here. Yeah, so Vulcan Raven was born to Native, uh, Native Alaskan American and Inuit parents. Um, so that's, he was born in Alaska. Says he graduated from University of Alaska, spent a few more years living in his homeland. He took part in the Eskimo, sorry, Eskimo Indian Olympics, not Alaska Indian Olympics, yeah, at okay. uh, Fairbanks every year. He won many muktuk uh, and eating, uh, muktuk eating and ear pull contests. Uh, so they do the ear pulling in the yeah. cold. It's like a, a endurance sort of like, you know, competition. That's funny. Um, an event where two opponents pull on each other's ear while enduring the harsh cold, intended to test both spiritual and physical strength. He was also alleged to have ex excelled in the four-man carry event, having been able to accomplish it with six men, as well as having won it as well uh, as the stick pull for three straight years. So he was a beast in these games. Um, uh, he joined the Soviets. That's where he met um, Revolver Ocelot. Okay, let me keep going down here. Shadow Moses incident. Okay, so it says here, Raven also commented on Snake's ancestors having originated in Mongolia, similar to himself. Yes, yes. And that he possessed blood from the East, referring to Snake's Japanese heritage. Oh, okay, all right. So let me click on that <laughs> and yeah. see where that goes. Metal Gear Solid Konami Computer Entertainment, 1998. No, it's a, oh, it's a magazine that probably doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it's the game itself. Oh, what? It doesn't say that he's Japanese. We could at least bring up that the... The blood... The raven has put the mark of death upon you. Blood from the east flows within your veins. Ah, uh, your ancestors too were raised on the barren plains of Mongolia. Inuit and Japanese are cousins to each other. We are many of the same. We have many of the same ancestors. You oh, I must have missed that. Then. That's what he says. That's ah. what Raven says. Okay, the okay. Dialogue. Then you're in, right. Then that is it. Okay. Inuit okay. and Japanese are cousins to each other. We share many of the same ancestors. You and I. Gotcha. I had missed that. I took that to mean the Mongolians, because there's a, a group of the Mongolians that kind of came to Europe from yeah. the like the Huns, right? More famously from the. East, and I thought that that was what he was referencing. So yeah. Snake is part Japanese. That's fascinating. So. so is yeah. Naomi Hunter. Yeah, and uh, obviously Mei Ling. Or she's no, Mei Ling's Chinese. She's Chinese, she's Chinese but Chinese. Yeah. similar. Like, They're all uh, from the East. They would all have similar ancestry along with yeah. Vulcan Raven here. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, he calls us a Cossack, though, but whatever. Anyways, that's true. That's fine. Just making sure that the Cossacks are modern-day Russia, kind of place. Okay. Um, anyway... You end up fighting him. This fight's kind of interesting. Like, he's holding this giant Gatling gun. And he's, like, walking around. And you have to, like, sneak behind him and shoot him. And then you, like, you run and hide yeah, and things. Yeah. And then come behind him and shoot him again. Once again, I got to mention, though, that because Vulcan Raven is bringing up the ancestry, he's making a connection with the genes. Yes. And he's more or less trying to suggest that, oh, because you and I have similar genes at some point in our past, that means we're similar. Or right. there's there's some like uh, similarity there. There's like you and you and I aren't too different. Right. Um, but yeah, more genes talk. Um, once you beat him, this is fascinating. There's some yeah. So there's some good dialogue here. Yeah. He says you are a snake which was not created by nature. 
You and the boss, you are from another world, a world that I do not wish to know. Now, the, the idea of a snake not, being, not having been created by nature, is that specific to some Inuit mythology? I don't know, because I don't know anything about Inuit mythology, but... Me neither, and I don't know. But, knowing where the game is going at this point, without spoilers, I know what he's referring to not being created by nature. But that would be interesting yeah. if there's like a double meaning to this dialogue, right? Yes. Um, I don't know that I'd be able to find that out very quickly, but there is a famous world serpent, just like the uh, Norse have uh, Jorm yes. Jormagunder, is like in the waters encircling the world, and it's right. the Ouroboros. Um, the Alaskan, this is fascinating, <laughs> it's called uh, Titseruk, Titseruk, and it's a snake that lives in the water that eats its own tail. It's kind of like a... Um, uh, you know, one of their mythical creatures. Basically their version of Ouroboros? Uh, probably. The Ouroboros is in every culture in the world. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't have... I, I can't... Um, it would probably take me a little while to learn. So maybe in the next episode I'll be able to have some research on, on that. what that may... Because that might be relevant to Snake's name there. But the idea that snakes were not... So it almost sounds like within the mythology that he is familiar with, um, snakes were not created but, but snuck in, right? Sort of like the Garden mm. of Eden, right? You got the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, and then, what? where'd the snake come from? Like it snuck in, right? It wasn't supposed to be there. Mm. Something like that. And Maybe. so snake is the thing that's not supposed to exist. He, he shouldn't be. Yeah. But he's referencing a different mythology, so I'll have to okay. look into that. Um, he also tells you that the DARPA chief who we spoke to earlier, was oh, not yeah. Donald Anderson. We were yes. not talking to Donald Anderson. That was actually Decoy Octopus, yes. one of the other um, Foxhound members. Yes, who we never meet. We never, and, uh, do, aside from that <clears throat> yeah. conversation, okay, we thought so it was Donald Anderson. Technically we met him, but we don't know even what he looks like. No. Yeah, we know nothing about that no. guy. And so this is where it comes together that the DARPA chief's body in the cell, which was decomposing and had been dead a long time and had all yeah, the blood sucked out. for a while. What decoy octopus does is he takes the blood from the victim and, and then he all the way down to like that level, he is copying exactly. The genes, right? Yes, yeah. the yes. genetic level. He's copying exactly, his disguise is like yes. perfect. It's like even better than Mission Impossible. <laughs> but, but with that comes some um, negative side effects, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And uh, Snake asks why Decoy Octopus would go to such a length, you know, to impersonate the DARPA chief. Like, mm -hmm. what's the point of that? Yeah. Um, and he doesn't tell you. He says, you'll have to basically solve the rest by yourself. Yep. And then he dies. As his birds slowly begin to eat yeah, his they're flesh. Yeah, like, they're like freaking eating him. Yes, and, and he's, he's like nothing talking to us as we walk away, as the birds are eating him. Yeah. And he tells us, we shall have no peace. Yep. And then we turn around and the guns are just sitting there and the birds fly. They literally ate the bones too. Yeah. <laughs> There's no bones left, dude. There's pretty, nothing left. Some of those birds are going to have a, a, rough, yeah. a rough time in the near future. Seriously. But yeah, that's crazy. Um. That is sort of the return to nature, right? He he was he was happy to become, to return back to nature. Mm -hmm. um, after this, Miller calls in again, asking if he's on a secure line, if the monitor's off. Yeah. But Campbell's like, wait a minute, what is this you're saying about Naomi? You know, tell me too. And so Miller ends up revealing that Naomi is a spy who is impersonating 
Dr. Naomi Hunter. The person we know is not actually Dr. Naomi Hunter. Mm. The Dr. Naomi Hunter actually disappeared in the Middle East quite some time ago. Mm. So she, she stole, whoever this is, stole that identity. Probably like a while ago. Yeah. yeah. He's, he says that he thinks her involvement was directly tied to the mysterious deaths of the DARPA chief and the arms tech president. So Naomi Hunter is the one who assassinated them, according to Miller. Yes. Um, Campbell lets it slip that if she is a spy, that they're in really big trouble. And, and yes, and Snake's <laughs> like, what, what, what do you know about, what, did, yeah. what have you been talking to each other about that I don't know? Yeah. And Campbell's like, uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Thanks, Campbell. Great Once leader. Again, Great leader. Thanks for leaving me out of the loop. Yeah. Uh, so he says, I'm going to go, like, and, like, find her, interrogate her, arrest her, whatever. Like, we'll yeah. get this worked out on our end. Just keep going. So Snake then enters the hangar where Metal Gear is stored, and Otacon calls him on the codec. Says that he overheard the enemy talking about how they're moving forward with the launch and that Metal Gear is ready. And Snake says, but there's nobody in this hangar at all. It's empty. Right, like, it's, it's totally empty. really quiet down here. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody's preparing for anything. And uh, Otacon then tells him he's going to be hacking into Baker's uh, president of the Armtex, uh, Kenneth Baker his private files to see if they can find any more information on where those other two card keys are at. Yep. And what the special trick is. That's, that's something I forgot to mention. Ocelot mentions this while you're being tortured. Oh, yeah. That it's not just about having the keys. There's also like some kind of special trick with them that, right. will, that is necessary to actually deactivate Metal Gear. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, he's going to try and figure that out by hacking into... Baker's private files. So he calls you back shortly after that and says that um, basically Metal Gear's railgun allows these nuclear missiles to um, forego propulsion, rocket propulsion entirely, yes. which yeah, makes yeah. them invisible to yep. like uh, radar and, and sonar. You would just have to have really good mathematics and physics and yeah. everything because once you yeah. shoot it, it's, it's just going to lob. It's just lobbing. <laughs> You're basically lobbing it. But yeah. I'm sure you could get it pretty dang high and yeah. really far yeah. uh, using a railgun. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So it's basically a stealth nuke. Yeah. That's what Metal Gear is capable of. It's capable of launching from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Stealth nukes. And you know what's crazy, though? Wouldn't the gun itself be... Like, why the fact that it's attached to this moving robot, that, like, but, like, the railgun. Yeah. And the design of the nuke. That's that's the important part, right? Yes. But, but then there's this big walking robot that's just kind of attached to it. Yes. I just think that's kind of funny. You could probably make a ton of those railguns and a ton of those nukes without <laughs> yeah, having to, without like, having make to Metal Gear. I guess the idea is that it can, like, go anywhere. Well, I bet like you... Like, it can walk on rough terrain and go right. into, like, the middle of nowhere where... And then like shoot yeah. it. You know. <clears throat> I guess with um, if you're doing this with a railgun, you wouldn't have the long range like ICBM reach. Yeah, you'd probably have to get close to it and then shoot. I still don't know why that would be more effective than just like a stealth bomber. <laughs> yeah, just a plane. <laughs> like oh my gosh, a plane that can launch nukes. Yeah, a walking robot that can launch nukes. Well, the, the launching the nukes. That's the thing. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> You can do that from you know sixty thousand feet or yeah, whatever. or even satellites. Yeah. So yeah, a but, satellite you know, would be way scarier a, than a walking tank. <laughs> a walking mech robot is like cool. So we'll we'll forgive it. Um, 
Well, I guess now that I think about it, maybe, I don't know, would it be easier to locate a satellite than to locate a random walking tank somewhere in the mountains? Well, satellites are just exposed, but they're really far away. Yeah. But like, they don't hide or anything. So, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I don't know which is easier. They're both like probably not like if easy. Like you, if you if you launched a satellite and you told yeah, nobody yeah. about it, and it's got a rail oh. gun that is undetectable, yeah. would, would you just be able to like well, that came from a satellite somewhere? Like, would be able to find it, or would it be just as that's a good difficult question. to find that that's as it would question. be a walking tank in the mountains? <sighs> I have no in idea. In Alaska, dude. no like, idea. How would you? I do know it out? Um, there's like just thousands and thousands of satellites that yeah. are out there. Right. So it's like if you launch one, I'm sure you could get away with something, and right. nobody would really know what it is. That just seems like it would be better than a walking tank. <laughs> but you know, the walking tanks are, are mechs, and mechs cool. are cool. Yeah, mechs are sweet. Anyway, um, so he basically reveals that that's what it is. It's it's a, it's a stealth nuke, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. And Campbell knew this all along, and he didn't say anything to us. Yep. And he keeps saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Snake. I'm sorry. Okay, dude. Um, okay, there's a really long conversation here between Liquid and Ocelot, and there's a lot of important stuff. Oh, doing. is this when we walk up to the Yeah, so Snake control sort of passes tower. by them and is like pressed up against the door, and he's listening in as they're talking. This yeah. is where like a lot of stuff is revealed, so yep. this may take... Probably the remainder of this episode. <laughs> okay. Then we'll probably stop right after this. Sounds good. So, um, he's saying, Liquid is saying that, or he's asking, and I, I, Liquid is asking for a report, and Ocelot is reporting. So, it's revealed that the PAL has been entered. Yes. Um, Liquid wants to change the target mm. from Chur Chernatan, Russia to Lopnor, China. Yeah. So that they were originally going to hit, strike Russia where there was in the middle of nowhere, there's nothing, or wait, no, that's not true. Sorry, I misinterpreted what Ocelot said originally. This is the reverse. They were going to hit Russia, which would have caused a big stir. It would have been a civilian target and like yeah. a lot of people would have died. Now they're changing it to Lopnor, China, and Ocelot is saying, but that's in the middle of nowhere. What's the point of that? Right. Liquid says that it is. it has a nuclear, uh, testing facility or something like that. And if that explodes, the populace of the Earth will not find it that um, suspicious. You can hide it from them, but the governments, China is gonna get they'll know. way pissed. Yeah, yeah, and they'll know that like the Americans just hit one of our nukes, yeah. uh, uh, nuclear testing sites with a nuke. What is that all about? We're just about to sign start three. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the Americans will have to reveal we didn't do that these terrorists did that who were using our <laughs> and the whole that's the whole but, thing. but but we were developing yes the thing that the terrorists that will took, have to be revealed to and China that, that's, and that's not good for really America. bad and yeah. that's the way they're trying to pressure the US to give in to their demands so that's the plan here yeah. The plan is like we're going to hit that target and it's going it, to it's we're still going to kind of be able to keep like not cause total mayhem but it will really pressure the United States to give over big bosses remains. They'll yeah. know that we're serious and like we're going to make China, things really really bad. China for them. could do that better than Russia could at this point yes. something like that. Right. So that's kind of his plan with that. That's why he decides to change the the, hmm. the target. Um 
He also says, um, oh, oh, basically the Americans will have to do that to appease China in order to uh, avoid a retaliatory, retaliatory strike from yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. Because they would want to, you know, strike retaliation and they'll say, it wasn't us, it was the terrorists, they took our Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wait, what are you talking about? And then they'd have to reveal everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, Liquid is also now including in, as part of his demands, he's added to it a vaccine for, for fox dye. A, a virus called fox dye. Yeah. Um, and uh, he asks about Ocelot's contact with, uh, within the Russian government. I guess it's Colonel uh, Sergei Gurlukovich. Okay. Gurlukovich. This is the guy who had given them the hind D, right? Mm. Um, he still wants to buy the, the, the Metal Gear, but he wants to see it in action first. He wants to make sure like that it, before he commits to buying it, right? Yeah. So Liquid's like, oh, he's a very prudent man, this and that. But he says something really interesting here. He says he, he has no interest in seeing the revival of Mother Russia directly uh, to Ocelot. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who had just told us that's like all he cares about here is yes. seeing Russia revive. And they'd give it to this guy who's just a businessman. He'd probably just turn around and sell it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we should talk about Fox Dye before we get too much further into this. So yeah. Fox Dye is what killed Baker and decoy octopus who was disguised as Donald Darper Anderson. Chief. Darper Chief, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fox dye is in, it was injected into uh, the certain people. The nanomachines. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the nanomachines. That, that, that Naomi Hunter doing. has like something to do with yes. the nanomachines that were injected. Right. Um, but yeah, the fox dye, it, it just kind of, I, I, I still don't know if somebody's like in control of it or not. It so, seems that way, but it just kills you after a certain amount of time. My understanding of this is that and I don't know if this is revealed quite yeah, yet. Maybe it might we be should, just after this, wait. but I don't care. I'm just going to say it. If you have not played past this part yet, play past this part so that you can learn this. Because we've got to discuss it in this conversation. It's, yeah, just, yeah. It, it's key to understanding what's going on. Naomi gave Fox Die to Solid Snake in the injection she gave him at the beginning of the game. Yes. The nanomachines and the peptide that keeps him warm and all yeah. that. Fox dye was given to him and he was meant to spread it to all of these uh, foxhound dudes and to kill them. Like, and it, 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 it's, it's programmed specifically to target certain people. So even though yeah, you yeah. can spread it to anyone he comes in contact it with, won't kill it's not going to kill everyone. It's yeah. only designed to kill certain people. And, it, and that's why it's as shortly after Snake comes into contact with certain people. Yes. They die. Right. So this is why Otacon does not die. Yeah. And he was all worried about it, like, oh, you feel okay? Because Otacon was not targeted as one of the people for Fox Eye to kill. It's programmed to do that. But it was programmed to kill Donald Anderson. It was programmed to kill Baker. So he unwittingly took this virus and started spreading it. So that's why Liquid is including the vaccine to Foxdyne now yeah. in the demands, and he didn't do that before. If they had all had Foxdye before, then uh, he I would see. have included it originally. He has to do that now because Snake brought Foxdye in this infiltration. And they're all vulnerable. Now they all have it. 
yeah. and they don't know who's being targeted by it. So that's what that is. Now, the idea of a vaccine is that you take the vaccine before you get <laughs> the thing. If you've already got the thing, the right. vaccine wouldn't you know, do, that much. do all that much. But maybe he just means cure. I don't know. Yeah, more like a cure. Need the cure. Okay, so during this conversation, Ocelot is looking at a monitor, and he actually sees that Snake is standing Snake outside is there. the door. Yes. He, like, knows he's there. Yes. And he keeps talking. Um, so he asks Liquid, Ocelot does, uh, uh, if he's worried about the nuke being overridden. And Liquid asks, well, did Snake know about the override system? And Ocelot says the Snake did not have any keys on him, which is really interesting because he took the key from him. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And he was like, where are the other two? And it was we still, I think one. it's still included in the stuff that you picked back up when you uh, left the cell. Right. But like Snake told him, I only have one key, I think, right? right? Didn't yeah, I think that? so, because he was, um, Ocelot was expecting three keys. And I'm trying to remember, did Snake lie about that or did he say he had one key? Um, he uh, he, he been said he go, only had one. He would be able to go through his stuff yeah. and see it And there Ocelot anyways. said, okay, never mind then. Ocelot yes. just kind of believed us. He's like, well, even if you had all three, there'd be a trick you'd have to know to make it work anyway. Something like that. Anyway, point is, he for some reason he tells Liquid the snake didn't have any keys when he should have known that he did. Um, Ocelot asks if Liquid wants Meryl killed, and he, Liquid says to keep her alive for now. So then Otacon calls Snake to inform him that the trick to using the key is that it is made from a shape memory alloy and that it will shift at different temperatures at and different, different temperatures. shapes. Yeah. So when you warm it up, it's the right shape for one of the keys yeah. to work in one of the, there's like three computer consoles. Yeah. But one card is all three keys. Yes, all three keys are in one. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. That was cool, I liked that. Yeah. That was a really cool reveal. So at room temperature, it'll be one. When you cool it down, it will be a different shape. Yeah. And when you heat it up, it'll be a different shape. And that's how you get all three keys. So essentially, Snake has to like go back. He has to back. I, I didn't like this, though. Okay, yes. so I liked the concept yes. of the warm-cold thing, but I didn't like having to actually go back and yes. do this part. I actually have, um, I took zero notes for the whole, the whole going back, back and doing part. stuff. Yeah. yeah. There are so. a couple of conversations um, when you're trying to get the third key done. Okay. But... As he's having this conversation with Otacon, his elbow is kind of popping out from behind the door and Ocelot like shoots at him. Yeah, Ocelot sees with and his, shoots the with card. His, with his non-shooting so with hand. his other with hand. His, with left his hand. left hand. Yeah, his left hand. And Snake drops the key and it falls down. He's like, no, the key. So we got to go get the key. Then we yeah. have to go all the way back. So, yeah, it's games do this sometimes when they're short games and they want to be long games. <laughs> and um, the game isn't that long, but back. I could tell that this was um, a bit of a, a bit forced on the it, gameplay. It, it's end. a way of, what do they call it, padding out the game time a little yes, bit. So that people feel like they run got back in that eight hours worth where you fought Vulcan Raven and like yeah, chill yeah. out in there for a while. Yeah, you have to wait a while. Changes shape. Yes, and, and apparently. Use it. Yeah, yeah. You have to go and back through the hot room. The hot room, yeah. Change, change of shape again. You got to run back and use it. Oh, the other key thing that Otacon says is that this key can be used either way. It's, it can only be used once 
right? You use it one time to yeah. either override it when it's been activated, and right. then it's done and it's you can't use the key again. Yeah. Or to activate it. Either way, if you don't have the PAL codes, right? You can still you activate, can activate it, it with this key with those one cards. time, and then you would use the PAL codes to overwrite. Yeah. So it goes both ways kind of a thing, yep. right? So that's one of the things he tells you. Now, what Liquid said, or what Liquid asked and that Ocelot said in the conversation was the PAL codes have been entered. Yeah, they made it seem like... It's, yeah. it's activated like the launch yes. is proceeding. But when you actually exactly. get back and you insert the keys, it says launch you initiated. Realize yeah. that they tricked you yes. because they never got the PAL code from Donald Anderson because yep, he yep, died yep. without giving the information. Yep. They tricked you into getting the keys and activating the the warhead. And now they can launch it. And now and there's no way to stop it. And they used us to figure out how to. They didn't know how the keys worked. Right. And we were able to figure it out because of Otacon, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they didn't have. They didn't Anderson's have an audit. Yeah, yeah. A private file. So that was actually very shocking for me. Yes. When we did that, I was like, "Oh no, freaking way!" I was. Yes. I was pretty shocked. That this is probably the most brilliant moment of Metal Gear Solid to me. Yeah. Maybe outside of the Psycho Mantis, uh, that's more memorable, but not. Like, oh sure. Like just really well done. Yeah. Story this telling. one was like, oh my gosh. I, I've I've done a video on the channel where I talk about how. Um, good or, or really well executed plot twists are um, likened to uh, the sleight of hand of a magician, like a stage oh, magician yes, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, there's like a three-act structure. Yeah. Yes, they they really are kind of showing you the whole time if you're looking in the right place yeah, yeah. what they're doing, but they're, the deception, the sleight of hand that directs your attention over here keeps you from seeing it until the moment they want you to see it. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. That's here. smart. Yeah, it's really like, good. Like, that's... Plot like twists... You could have known. And that's, yes. that's more fulfilling than, oh, they just randomly They just you. gave you new information that you never could have picked up on the yeah, whole time. Yeah. That's when plot twists really, really work. Yeah, that's when cool. they gave you the breadcrumbs the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just, you were distracted but by their sleight of hand. Yeah, yeah. And then when they reveal it, you look back and go, oh, look at that trail that I just didn't yeah. look at. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, it was right there in front of it my nose the It makes the world time. feel a little bit more real, a little yes. more thought out, a little more. Yes. Yeah, tangible. And this, to me, is the brilliance of, like, the most brilliant part, I would say, of Metal Gear Solid's yeah. story is the way that they reveal that Master Miller is actually Liquid. Because Liquid Oh yes! Was, yeah, that was crazy. Liquid was yeah, yeah. casting doubt on Naomi Miller. That's the yeah, sleight yep, of yep. hand. Yep, yep, yep. And we even never, though she is suspicious, even though she right. is not who she says she is, yes. all that's true. Yes. This was Liquid's way of keeping you looking there instead of at him. Instead of yeah. at the crumbs that are in front of you about yeah. Otacon saying, well, this will actually activate the warhead if, you, but it, you're gonna since it's uh -huh. already been the PAL codes are, have been entered already, which they hadn't been because they because Liquid knew from the beginning they didn't get the PAL code from Anderson. This was Psychomantis's great idea. Yeah. Send decoy octopus to tell Snake they have the PAL codes. Yeah. I yeah. gave the PAL code to them. Right. Psychomantis came into my mind and I couldn't resist. Yeah, and I, gave I couldn't it away. resist. That was the lie. 
Yeah. That was the lie that we believed. It started the whole thing. We took that bait. Yes. Right? That was the first deception. Yeah, and so yeah. because we believed that, all the way up to now, we didn't look at no. the detail. And even right. when we found out that um, the DARPA chief wasn't really yes. who we thought he was, we did not think to rethink the conversation we had with the DARPA chief that put all of this in motion. It was just At least enough. I didn't. Just yeah, yeah. a short enough scene, yes. even though, because they didn't show his face. The DARPA chief is kind of like back on the table and he has uh, the same tie and he has the same like shirt and clothes. Yes. And I remember looking and going, oh, that's a DARPA chief. But yeah, right. it's, 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 it, it almost feels like that moment could have jeopardized this twist. Yes, that was risky for them to put that but in. But it was just little enough, I think, yeah, for most yeah. people to not catch it. Yeah. And then to get to this moment and go like, oh my goodness, they never got that PAL code, they just tricked me into doing it. Right. And you Fantastic could, you could have known yes. before this point. Yes. And I mean, you so could have known, not only just from Snake's point of view, they took you out of Snake's point of view and yes. put you in Liquid's point of view for yes. a second. Yes, And even still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. even still, most people probably didn't see this Yeah, coming. very well done. Very good. So it's, it's just really well done. Really, really, really well done. This is my favorite part of the game was kind of this moment. And then Master Miller unties yeah. his hair and like lets it down. And it, like was the same, the time. it was the same voice actor. Yeah. Um, he was just doing an American both. accent yeah. instead of his British accent. That was just what Snake should have been practicing, and he should have looked <laughs> like British Liquid the accent. whole time. Yeah. Now, there was somebody who mentioned, like, you know, we were talking about how silly it is. Like, I don't want to be mistaken for the terrorists when he cut his hair at the beginning. I had heard, yeah. And somebody said something like, um, he didn't want Donald Anderson or Baker to think he was Liquid because they wouldn't want yes. to reveal information to Liquid. That is a very good... So I guess that's, yeah. That's, that's a very good point. That's a point. However, he could take off the wig but put it back on <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, you know. he could wear a wig instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still look like Liquid. Anyway. That's funny. Okay, and, so... And would a wig and sunglasses, especially if the person is like your uh, identical twin... Yes. Would you, uh, sunglasses and a wig, is, would that be enough for you to be like, oh, it's this other guy who I also know really well. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah. Anyways, that yeah, right. Maybe, maybe that's stretching a little bit. Yes. Okay, we're going to stop there. Yes. Uh, that's it for this episode. We'll pick up again and we'll see how far we can get. We may not finish next time, but we may. I've only actually got one more page of notes. We, we can probably finish in the next. I have some, probably more notes than you. <laughs> probably. I actually took quite a few notes here, but I should be able to get through them pretty quick. Okay, so we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.